This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Great Wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes are traveling ever deeper into the mines. Butthole kept everyone protected inside his hammer field. Juniper tried to free the gerbils from a control spell and got attacked instead. And Quinny rescued her so they could all keep moving forwards. What will they discover in the ruins of an ancient dwarven forge? Find out next. On Dom Doms and Dragons. Before you stands a massive forge surrounded by an army of mannequins. <laughs> you see a, a sort of large um, four station uh, forge. So there's four bellows, there's four, like basically four full stations where four blacksmiths could be working um, in a room that was clearly um, rough hewn. Um, you can see, again, just some of the the, the workmanship of, of the dwarves uh, on the walls, but everything that has been added, including the forge, uh, feels very alien, doesn't feel uh, at home in this space at all. Um, most notably, because I know you'll be worried about this, so I'm just going to put it out there. Um, there are uh, human-sized, humanoid-sized exits um, to the left and right of this large room. Um, you can reasonably guess that one leads in the direction of the boss's office and one leads in the direction of the dig site. Mm. Um, however, they look to have been added later. Um, they are They are cracked out of the wall rather than sort of worked into it um the uh, army of mannequins is very much a like a a three-story uh tony stark iron man armor setup situation where there's kind of like mannequins set up with various pieces of armor there's no like there's a couple of almost complete suits but generally it's kind mm -hmm. of like um uh you know pauldrons or like bracers uh, in various styles, uh, and you you can I think at at a quick glance it's very clear to see the evolution of some of these designs um, and sort of the prototyping going on. Um, Does it have it, like a like is it like um, museum or like functional like? Uh, yeah, functional. So think um, a bit of that museum vibe, a bit of like how uh, they often show. Batman or Robin displaying their stuff in the Batcave, 
Um, but done in the style of a library where there's those like ladders mm. that get you up and down um, to the sort of three three rungs mm. or the three things. It is a high roof. It, it is, I mean, it's not like full three stories, but um, probably each floor is about, we'll say seven feet. Gotcha. So a little bit taller than, um, than sort of a, a humanoid. Um, and uh, the heat seems to be drifting off of uh, this this forge that isn't tended. It it doesn't you know this isn't the classic like you show up at the camp, the campfire still warm uh, situation. <laughs> um, but uh, even from here, based on the smell and the, the location, and everything else, uh, it seems like there must be a thermal vent of some sort that's been mm. tapped uh, to provide the um, uh, the the heat. Uh, even though the forge isn't tended, it seems like it wouldn't take too much to, to get it up and going again. Um, around here, uh, you can see a, a variety of, of blacksmith's tools. Um, you can, again, think of these as, as four workstations um, that are all around off of a central, like like the, the, the furnace would be kind of at the center. Um, and then there's the four, the four little uh, workstations. Um, each station has, um, seems to have... Uh, you know, like, well, you can think of them almost as like chef stations where like each one has a little bit of a different flair. Things are arranged slightly differently, but um, uh, a variety of tools have been left at uh, three of the four stations. One has been cleared out. Um, and uh, you can see um, unfinished armor actually on the anvils of uh, the all four stations. Um, you know, it's like half hammered, uh, you know, breastplate, um, partially finished chainmail, um, that sort of thing. Uh, noticeably, no weapons. Uh, it's all uh, all armor. Um, Reginald and Butthole, can you please roll me history checks? Yes. All right. Butthole. Or Butthole with advantage would be fine. <laughs> uh, Reginald's got grim psychometry. So is this a dark place or is this just a regular place, Tom? I mean, my understanding of Grim Psychometry is he can't necessarily tell if it's one That's, or the other until he touches it. Okay, so I'll roll for them separately because they'll have different abilities then. Yep. So Butthole gets a nat one. He's never been here. He doesn't fucking know dog <laughs> shit about this goddamn place. <laughs> that feels correct. He doesn't know anything. He didn't leave the palace. He was too busy getting like beat up and living a terrible, terrible Aww. life. I wanted the guy who had a great life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Reginald scores a 24. Whew. As he steps forward and just like touches one of the forges, so that he can get a feel for the room. All right. Um, so there isn't a ton of darkness uh, to this room. Um, I'll say it's a combination of of you get like a little like a soupçon, like a whiff of <laughs> of darkness off of it. Um, but it's also just Reginald's uh, training and study. Um, this entire room is, is like very much in the style of um, Aka, um, but closer to his Aka, uh, and also old. Like it's this is a weird poll, but the equivalent of if you see the early logos to things, and you're like, yeah, like I I can I can connect the dots to tell you that you know the Google logo looks like it looks now, but back in the day when it was real, like there were just serifs for days. You know, it's that kind of thing where it's just, it's close, but everything is just off mm -hmm. um, a bit. 
And the whiff of darkness that you you get from touching it, Reginald, is just that this is a a warforge of a Ka. Like, that there there is no... um, There's basically no version of a Ka where you don't get a hint of this. Just because it is a, a warlike nation that does generally bad things in the interest of of mm-hmm. in, 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 out of self interest, so you get that. But it's not beyond that. There's no, you know, you don't get the 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 recreated crime scene thing that we've seen before. You don't get like, oh my god, something horrific happened here. You just get like, ah, uh, yeah, this is this is one K- of ours. This is kind of greasy. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He'll just kind of pass that that news along and then butthole just be like all right so this looks like it's going to be uh the old classic speed looting so everybody you get like five minutes to steal whatever you need reginald i think we need to put you over by the front door because i kind of have an idea uh and butthole will take reginald over to the front door as butthole's hammers go out uh and butthole would like to cast thaumaturgy which he can do to make fire burn even brighter and he can cast Thaumaturgy up to three times and stack the effects. So essentially, he oh. wants to take Reginald's Flaming Warhammer and just make it the brightest fucking light he can. Uh, because they, like, gerbils seem to not like light. So if we put Reginald at the door with that, A, he can see as far as humanly possible. And B, super fucking bright light seems to be gerbil resistant. Yep. I dig that. Um, Richard's just like, Quinny, you need to find me something nice if I'm going to do a job over here. I'm looking. It's, I, I, I like doing this. I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> Not to twist my arm. All right, Quinny, go ahead and let's go with an investigation, I think. Okay. Uh, Twenty-two. All right. Um... So this armor is well-designed. Um, it is in prototyping, so it's not really great for wearing at this point. You'd have to basically like work on it a bit. Um, a good way to think of this is like, yeah, the shape is right. The density is right, but it's not built to be worn yet. It's like, let's build the big clunky version and then we'll refine it over okay. time. So nothing in this room is the finished product? Uh, no, no. Okay. It, it seems to be sort of again like a, a lot of prototyping um what'd you roll on sorry refresh 22. my memory 22 um okay you could probably find finished uh like a finished piece or two but there is no complete set uh likely to be be found in here also from the looks of things from you just just having a a quick eyeball of of a lot of this stuff um it doesn't seem to be like particularly special armor other than what it's made of so you you can determine that it is made uh that like it's it's uh, adamantine so like it is good in as much as the metal that is being used to make it is very fucking good uh it's also odd to see this much adamantine in one spot but of course it is an adamantine mine so not entirely unreasonable <laughs> um but uh, from the looks of things, this is uh, this isn't hero's armor. This is like military armor, like military grade armor, produced infantry armor. Yeah, and that seems to be where it's going. Like it's not quite there yet, which means that, like again, a, a hero such as Reginald could absolutely wear a piece of this if if he wanted. But it's it's not you know no no one's making this for 
the the general necessarily unless the general is wearing this is like rank and file armor but okay. a fucking heavy a heavy suit and a lot of it mm. it would seem all right it's also um a lot of with the amount of variations uh it's clear to you that there is something that is being attempted here over and above aesthetics like they're not just doing it they're not redesigning everything for funsies there seems to be a like a reason because any one of these designs would be fine to just wear as armor can I deduce what the reason would be based on what we have here on hand? I don't know that you can necessarily. You, you could talk to people, but like just from you looking at it, I think it's clear like basically because like if let's say you're looking at like um, bracers, right? So looking mm-hmm. at four bracers, you're like any one of these is a fine functional design and they're not doing radically different things with it. It's not like, well, mm. this one has wings and this one has gills and this one has that. It's literally just like, very similar, but variations in design that you can't. And again, I think without an understanding of of really what's what's happening here, or or metallurgy or anything else, like I don't really know that Quinny. All Quinny can tell is like they should have stopped at one, and they went on and made five. So okay. something's amiss. Quinny, so as Quinny, you're looking at this, trying yeah. to map this out, you just start to hear like metal pieces of metal just slamming together. And when you look back, you see Butthole has taken out his tummy bag and he is just loading all of the blacksmith tools from the three stations into the tummy bag. And then he looks at you and he's like, oh, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just thought like if it can work out of Mantine, it's probably better than what anybody has back at the fortress. So we could bring that for our blacksmiths and then they'd get like nice stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a decent idea. This armor's all garbage, as far as I can tell. Like, like they gave up on these designs and tried other stuff. So, I don't know if anything here is really worth taking. It's fine, like, infantry armor. But it's like they're trying to do something like that and then more. Taking it a step further in some way, which I don't understand. Like... It's, it's a massive army. Like, what are you trying to do that's so special? Just put the armor on your guys and send them to war. I don't get it. Uh, Maybe Juniper the just pipes up like, I mean, it It might be worthwhile figuring out what they were doing, considering we're probably going to have to face an army dressed as such. Yeah, um, this place looks pretty old. I don't know if they exactly are bringing new uniforms out of here. This is, this is uh, decades... People just dropped their shit and left. Like that—that's that, a piece still on the anvil. Like they took off. I'm assuming because of our rat friends back there. What are you guys talking about? I can't quite hear you from the door. Nothing. It's fine. Snarf, okay. Snarf. You, you see gerbils? You tell me. Uh, yep. Bottles will be like, maybe we can find a plan if we go into the boss's office. Quinny, what's adamantine worth? Like, if we could take some of these bracers or something, you think we might be able to trade it for like seeds or some shit? Something actually useful? Can Quinny ballpark the the value of adamantine? It is. Uh, in Marvel terms, this is like vibranium. Like, it is very... Not adamantium? <laughs> no, actually, for very specific reasons we'll get into later, uh, it is not like adamantium. Okay. Um, which I know would have really fucking saved me some time, but no. Um, so it's an extraordinarily rare uh, resource um, and, and one that is uh, incredibly, like useful for for building weapons and tools so like if you want to load up that tummy bag it is very fucking heavy um and i know we we play pretty fast and loose with the tummy bag but like you can't loot this whole room you could maybe take like a suit 
Yeah, I think but butthole would be focused on the idea of like what's the most portable and what's the most saleable. If it's super expensive, we probably can't move a whole suit in theory. It's like raw or around. So you say raw take... or is a possibility. Or if we get like gloves, bracers, helmets, like all the lighter pieces where we're like, hey, we got a couple of rings. Hey, we got a couple of gloves. Hey, we got a couple of bracers. All smaller pieces that we could like sell to somebody or theoretically trade. Mm. He he's like thinking about the fortress functionally and just being like, if everything goes wrong and we have to get out of here, if we can go home and be like, well, we got a bunch of money that we could trade to fucking feed people better. And we got a bunch of other stuff. Then that's like the smart profit in his brain. I don't know. Does that make sense to you, Quinny? Or should we be stealing something else? You're, you're good at fencing. No, this shit's worth a lot. Uh, Adamant, Adamantine. Uh, it's, uh, it's worth, it's worth the effort. I would say, especially right. if we're, you know, funding a revolution and all that shit. All right, so pick the lightest but highest value shit you think we can trade or sell. Or we can just do or whatever. Right? We'll see what the bag will hold. Given these different concentrations, or not concentrations, but these different iterations of armor, are there some that have a higher concentration of adamantine on them? I mean, they're they're pretty even. I would say the, the easiest, like, based on your role, I think it's safe to say, like, you can just find the, the best ratioed stuff. Um, okay. Whereas just, like, you know, in classic... Skyrim fashion, just like, okay, what's the least heavy but most sellable shit? And yeah, it's all mismatched and not it would work together and you'd look like an idiot, but like yeah. cha-ching. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're able to basically steal like a, a goodly amount uh, of that, I think. Um, in my in my estimation, how much is that all worth? If we just say it's all together that we would offload it at once, what would what would we get for it? Um I mean in a non zombie apocalypse scenario, uh mm, yeah. you're looking at uh about five thousand gold. Okay. Five thousand gold pieces worth of gear we've got there, assuming uh there's a functional economy at some point again. Well if there is no functional economy at some point then I mean <laughs> It's bigger problems to deal with. <laughs> it's extremely cheap gear, then. Yeah. So is that stuff worth a lot? Because if it is, get me a really thick helmet. Uh, it it depends. <laughs> depends on depends on a lot of things. You gonna okay, wear the helmet I'll take right a now? Really thick helmet. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna wear it right now. No, I just want to carry it. Okay, no, we're we're you just want to carry it. No, you put it on your head or you don't take it. I already have a helmet. I got given one by the king. Then you're fine. No, I want the nicer helmet that's more expensive. These are not nice. I will lean this hammer against the door and go get myself a helmet, or you can bring me one. Uh, Reginald feels uh, a helmet hit him in the back. (laughs) 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 Reginald, you you go to... (laughs) (laughs) As he always yells when hit with stuff by surprise. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. 
and you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Greetings, loyal citizen of the conglomerata. It is I, your beloved CEO, Grayson Typhus of Typhus Industries, and I am here today to dissuade you from joining a rebellious element that seems to be growing the Dum Dums and Dice Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. These hilarious and heartwarming rebel elements are attempting to bring down our dystopian regime, and we simply cannot have that. I'm told that rebels are flocking to this Patreon and joining for as little as $1 a month. That gives them access to other Rebels in a Patreon-only Discord where they can discuss all the things that have happened in the shows. For $5, you can get an ad-free feed, but who would want that? After all, ads are the best part of the show. And at higher levels, you can even create an NPC of your very own and get your name in the closing credits, and that part I can get behind. After all, recognition is great. But you're not a rebel, are you? No, you would much rather be crushed under the boot of industry titans like myself, so carry on with your Patreon free life. Unless, of course, you want these wonderful stories to continue, in which case, me and my regulators will see you soon. You, uh, you pick it up, um, you know, alas, poor Yorick style. Um, and, uh, it does, it, like, you, you have a bit of an ill feeling. Okay. Also, it's very heavy. This, this would not, this is gonna, like, it's very, it's, it's thick, but it's kind of like wearing a, a, a pot on your head, uh, which works for, for the Pim Pims of the world, but perhaps not the, uh, the, the, the Reggie Reggies of the world. Um, can you roll me a history or an insight the problem you're going to run into here is your grim psychometry doesn't actually fit this for reasons so so i'm just rolling a regular history not a grim psychometry correct okay so many secrets tom Mm -hmm. that is a 22 22 um you vaguely recognize this uh this style um from a a children's book uh that you you read at a young age uh about uh the the gruesome flaying and dismemberment of the traitor legion uh and their helmets in in the crude pictures uh that that are etched into your mind not rubbed but etched uh <laughs> due to the <laughs> tremendously like Grimm's fairy tales directed by uh, like Lars von Trier style uh, grimness and, and goriness of um, uh, a minor uh, legion uh, that was was annihilated um, early in uh, a cause history. 
Uh, but yes, that's what these these helmets vaguely remind you of. And he'd relay that to the group. Uh, and then he would just take that helmet and basically tie it to his waist, where he would just... Basically, Reginald's plan is, knowing this stuff is super fucking tough, he'll just take it back and get it reworked to make himself a helmet in his own particular head-protecting style. Um, so for him, it's mainly scrap that he's just going to carry. He's not going to tell everybody that, but that's his plan is like, when I get through this, I will make a helmet that will never break. And it will mean that butthole can always bring me back. Yes. An invincibility helmet. And that's just like monologuing to himself inside his head. Great. Uh, Juniper, is there anything in this room that's of interest to you? This is like fairly far outside your normal uh, oeuvre, but um, is there anything here that, that speaks to you? Um, now, Juniper's been really unable to use her stone skin for a bit because it requires a lot of diamond dust. Wondering if there's any way she could incorporate adamantine dust. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd buy that. I think that argument's fair. Also, it, that's not something you would normally be able to find, but given that this is a fort, there's like dust bins full of of uh, <laughs> cast off, incredibly expensive material. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd uh, I'd say um, Laura, this will give you uh, enough for three charges. Oh, lovely! Thank you. You're welcome. Very happy. I also just like the idea of Juniper like rolling up to each garbage can, just like scooping out a fistful, <laughs> dumping it into the thing. <laughs> yeah, she's got she's just got little pockets like hanging yeah. from her chair yeah. that she's just ready to just like throw like ah. Again, I've I've already described my love of pocket sand and yep. uh building that canonically into your chair. A plus. Have yourself an inspiration. Um <laughs> actually. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I have so uh, many, Tom. Oh, well. I already I have two. Spending mine. I got two. Because you, you go. like uh, you let me have two. <laughs> Congratulations! You now have three. Jesus. Sorry. It's all right. It just means I have to hit Juniper all the harder. Um, cool. Um, anything else anyone is doing in this room? Taken the tools, taken a lot of money's worth of armor. Can I get a yeah. perception check from Reginald, please? Yes, you can. I'll give you advantage because the hammer is giving you tremendous sight. That is a 13. 13? It's actually um, a decent roll for him. So... Reginald, you're because you can barely hear the conversation behind you. I think you're you're focusing all your attention forward, and you are unfortunately like very much in like the person left to keep watch during a horror movie zone, where you keep hearing noises, but you can't really locate where they're coming from, and you don't see anything. Uh, or if you do, it's out of the corner of your eye. When you turn, it's nothing but shadow beyond the uh, uh, the the light of your hammer. But um, you are on edge. Yeah, that sounds about right for Reginald. That checks out. <laughs> yep, great. Thanks um, for that new information. <laughs> <laughs> 13's just fantastic at giving you atmosphere. Um, it's equivalent of reading the back of the box. Like, oh, cool. A movie happens in this movie. Um, all right. Great. 
so it sounds like you've done everything you wanted to do in this uh, in the forge. I where would I you think want so. to go next? Boston, right? We're looking for a map. Yeah. Maybe yep, that's even the plan. now we can see if there's any kind of documents on, you know, a work order for why this shit's being built and rebuilt and redesigned. Yeah, I guess what happened to our world's uh, trader legion or whatever Reginald said, maybe that's here. Uh, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, would you go back, would you take the human-sized door here or the um, official, like, entryway back at the junction? The big tunnel kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think we should go the little sideways, so we're not going back to where it's where the the gerbils were. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to take point, Invisible Man, and then we could have the blinding torch bring up the rear? Yeah, all right. That sounds good to me. So Reginald will be at the back of the group, just facing backwards, with Butthole having a hand on his belt, just walking forwards at the same speed. Reginald's just ready to fuck shit up with his flaming hammer. That is almost blinding him, it's so bright. Like, he has to raise it up beside his head. Otherwise, it's in front of him. He gets that, like, flashes in his retinas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's just got nothing but... The afterglow thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you uh, you make it for a forward. happier day. He would write his own name in the air, but it's not a happier day. <laughs> um, Quinny, uh, uh, again, like I don't know why I bother. Can you roll a stealth check for me there? But... <laughs> Maybe I'll roll a natural one and then another natural one after that because I have lucky. Statistically, one in four hundred times that might happen. Seventeen. But today is not that day. Uh, <laughs> so thirty-two. Yeah, today is not that day. Yep. Uh, I owe you go Morton's at a dollar every time I do that. Um, so you head down this, um, uh, again, this, this human-sized exit. And uh, again, you can tell that it's been, um, like, worked in differently. Uh, the workmanship, like, this is very much like the the Homer Simpson car or, like, that spice rack he made of, of tunnels compared to what you've seen. Where like you can see the pickaxe strikes, everything is kind of jagged, um, and it's not due to lack of desire to have a nice hallway. It seems to just be from a a distinct lack of skill at uh, at this. So <clears throat> the tunnel works, like the this human sized sort of hallway works. It's just ugly as shit, um, and at times you're finding like weird bulges where things weren't quite squared away correctly. Um, okay. This doesn't seem like dwarven work, but uh, I'll carry on. Correct. Uh, uh, Tom, t- the armor that was in the previous room, was it just dwarf scale or was it human it was scale? It was very much humanoid scale. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I thought yeah, so. Go- I just wanted to be 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, definitely not not dwarven. Um, and the, the style, like... Uh, of the metal and everything else you've seen to this point, like it didn't match the mine carts. It didn't have the the logo etched into it that you've seen everywhere to this point. Um, it was just a different style of, of thing. And that's true the armor as well as the forge itself. Um, it felt very much like the forge and those armor racks were added to an existing room, not that they were the, mm. the original room. Um the hallway ends in a uh, a door uh, that is that is closed, like just a, a normal, normal ass wooden door, um, that is uh, marked uh, again with like an off brand font uh, of the nation of Aka, um, and there is a uh, a small plate 
um, that's been uh, drilled into it uh, that says uh, Foreman Gulper. Does the door move when I press on it? Uh, yep. Yep. It's, it's just got a doorknob. Uh, okay. And when, so if you like, it, it's it's literally like if you were just like walking through a place. You, it's a wooden, a wooden door you would expect to see in like a mansion. Oh, okay. Um, are you guys hanging back? Or are you guys basically slowly following me up? Slowly following. I was gonna say we're slowly moving. We can't see you, so right. Yeah. We're moving relative to our own slow and cautious pace. Okay. I'll. Uh... I'll open the door. Um, it creaks so fucking loudly. Like this is some proper horror movie, <laughs> um, uh, ugly creaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as it does, uh, I assume you're just like opening it to to peek through, or you're like fully opening it, opening it to look through. Okay. Um, it creaks open and uh, you see a, a flurry of movement uh, within a, a a large circular room. Uh, and this is like you've got you can see in the dark, right, Quinny? Yep. Um, this is a uh, like a Saul Goodman office where it's just like a large, overly ornate room. <laughs> you can see um, large uh like there seems to be a large wrap around mural um, in the style similar to the break room of morning, um, but also to the etch you saw on the map um, of uh, glorious bosses uh, just delivering uh, wonder and joy to their, their, their just ever so grateful employees. Um, you see a, a sort of, a, you can't read dwarven so you can't read it but there's there's words etched around the top kind of like in god we trust uh around saul's office if you've seen breaking bad um uh it's dominated by a massive desk uh a big desk if you will um massive in the sense that you know we're this is D, so is it like a storm giant's desk or is it uh no uh, no, no, no uh yes sorry fair enough it is a large uh it is a large desk um, that would be large for a humanoid and okay. massive for someone of dwarven stature. Okay. Um, which you gather is probably the point as there are two dwarf-sized chairs sculpted into the ground in front of it. And you can see a wing-backed stone chair um, behind uh, the desk. You get the sense it's a bit of like a Napoleon situation where it's clearly like raised up, um, up on high. Um the flurry of motion, which is, of course, the most concerning thing, is uh, a number of uh, of dwarves uh, in uh, dressed in uh, tattered old um, mining garb um, that are seem to be moving around uh, in the office, uh, similar to like squirrels or raccoons, in that when the door creaks, they all stop what they're doing. Um, and as one turn, um, sort of like turn towards the door. And, um, and what are they doing? Um, they seem to just be kind of like bumbling around the space. Uh, there's like paperwork everywhere, just fucking everywhere. Um, and it almost looks like some of them were trying to file. Um, some of them were, were sorting, but in, 
in a really chaotic way. Um, again, you just catch a glimpse of this before they all stop. Um, you can roll me an insight if you want to see if you can just, if your brain can make the quick connection. I probably can't. Insight plus zero. So that's a six. Six? Yeah, you, you just like, I think the creaking annoys you so much as a stealthy guy that even though they can't, like they all turn um, toward you, um, you, you don't, you're so stressed about that that you're not fully engaged with what's going on in the space. Someone else might be able to help you ascertain what's going on in here. Um, so uh, here's the challenge. Everyone is still coming up behind you. They haven't stopped. And we have the brightest light in the you have universe. The brightest light with possible. Us. You've opened a door and drawn their attention. Mm -hmm. What do you do? I uh, quickly and quietly about face and run back to the group, uh, removing my ring and waving my arms like, stop, stop. Um, I don't think I need to make you roll for that. I think that's a pretty clear, uh, clear thing. So all of you, uh, shuffle slightly further back down the hall. Um, I assume you like hood the, um, hood the fucking shining light of day, um, a little bit. Um, and if you want, you can fall back a bit closer to the forge. Um, uh, yeah, I think just so that Quinny can be sure that we can have a conversation without our yeah. voices traveling down the, the hall. So the, the group will move with you and Butt will just be like, okay, so what did you see? It's a big office with okay. a really big desk. Okay. Uh, and there are dwarves in there. What? Yeah, dwarves uh, are in there, but they're alive, just kind of... Alive dwarves? As alive as the mole rats seem. Okay, so just maybe undead. They're just kind of bumbling around, not doing anything. Like they're not, they're not like working. You know what I mean? Like they're just, I don't know, fucking around in there. And were as they... soon as the door creaked, they all stopped and looked at where the sound came from. Okay, weird question. Were they dressed like the dead people that you tried to rob and then we smushed? I couldn't tell. Their clothes were all ripped up and tattered. I think like vaguely enough that you could probably, okay. it's hard to tell, but in, in the ballpark, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, seems like it. Okay. Because we, they'd like Reginald had that vision that was all zombies, right? And we found the one room that had no dead dwarves in it. So what if it's like a bunch of zombies that just kind of got forgotten or left somewhere? So they're just like trying to sort their shit out. Does that make sense? Go yeah, through the maybe. motions of their past lives, maybe? Ooh, that's clever. I like that. Uh, yeah, that could be. Um, there's a lot of paper around in there. Maybe clerical stuff. I don't know. Speaking of clerical stuff, uh, I think it's your turn to shine, sir. Um, a, you speak dwarven, so if there's any semblance of intelligence left in there, you can at least start a warm conversation in their mother tongue. If not, you can do some nasty things to the undead. Or if it's a third thing and they're not undead and they're just as fucked up and feral as these mole rats are, well, then it's just time for us all to kick ass. 
Okay, so I, I'll go first, and then you guys, or I guess Quinny, if you go and sneak into the room, and then you can leave the door open, and then I'll go and be like, hey, what's up? And we'll see how that goes, uh, and you guys can come with me, and then if it goes bad, uh, we hammer everybody. Yeah. Or or stab as, as if invisibly as Quinny, or Juniper, I, I... I take no issue with the specificity of how we kill these people. Great. Juniper, is there any sort of weird way you want to try to save them that we can be aware of in advance and build into our combat plan so you don't climb under another bridge? Honestly, if they're undead, that it means they're already dead, so... Uh, uh, no. Alrighty, so I'll start with the talking, and then I'll do a little bit of god stuff, and then we just smash shit. Yep. Think so. Alright, Quinny, All right. go... Invisible it up. Uh, yeah, ring goes on. Um, and Quinny basically goes to this door and tries to, uh, if we're talking about horror movie tropes before, um, just have this door lazily swing open on its hinges. Uh, but it's actually him, you know, opening the door invisibly, um, gauging the response there. I think I'm going to go with a deception check on this one rather than a stealth check. Um, yeah. You are lying to the air. So it's a 23. Okay. Um, so uh, the door um, lazily uh, swings open. Um, and they're all still staring at the door um, when you get there. Uh, you ease the door open. Uh, and again, they're just all staring at the door for a second. And you probably give this like a bit, eh? Like you're not. Yeah, rushing I this. am motionless at the door. After an exceedingly long few seconds of of silence, um, a couple of them, uh, almost their shoulders slump a little bit. Um, they're, they're less kind of like meerkats, being like, eh? um, and uh, they look to the desk, um. And you can see as they do that there is uh, a, uh, a like a body slumped uh, in the the wingback chair um, that is uh, a, like a skull head with you know that classic Lord of the Rings like scraggly beard that hung on hmm. uh, situation but is motionless. Um, and then one of them um, staggers uh, toward you and the door. Uh, I am silently moving into the room, doing like a, as deftly as possible, like a Marco Polo situation, right? They're all it and are trying to maybe reach out or just move through the space. And I am trying to invisibly evade everyone like a laser grid in a heist movie. Love that. You got, you got <laughs> real Squid Game vibes. Starts loudly stomping forwards because he's guessed that this is how long Quinny needed. Um, the one who hits the door, reaches the door, uh, just straight up closes it. Like very efficiently, just slams it shut. And then turns to the desk. At which point, Butthole, I assume you clomp up. Yeah, Butthole's uh, going to knock. They all freeze. Quinny also frozen. Yeah. <laughs> Invisibly like, what the fuck? Yeah, they all, they all like look at the door again. And Butthole's going to say, in Dwarven, hello. 
I'm Butthole. I would like to talk to whoever is in charge, please. Gotta roll a dice. Hang on. <laughs> okay. Uh, interesting. Quinny, half of them turn to the desk uh, and half of them um, stalk towards the door. All right. I go to the desk to this person in the chair. It's a corpse. Yep. Um, it's a corpse uh, of a dwarf mm-hmm. um, wearing uh, a much different outfit uh, than even uh, what you see depicted on the walls. Uh, it seems to be, um, you can see just the, the faintest hint of, of gold and black um and it honestly looks a little bit like what you've seen uh the war priests of a car wearing okay um, but like an older worse version uh kind of like you know as you do um but with a massive medallion uh around uh, uh the neck that has the the symbol etched into it that you've seen um on the the coffins and some of the things that were inside them Okay. Um, so many rings on the fingers. Yeah. Like, you don't know how the fingers worked because too many rings. Um, but this thing is not moving. It's not giving cool directions. No, uh, I would like it to, though. Um, <laughs> I would like to invisibly grab the hand and arm and have it raise up to give the appearance of this corpse just saying, halt, raising a hand to say stop. Going full weekend of birdies on me, huh? <laughs> All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I dig it. Let's get deception. I'll give you advantage. Okay. Oh my goodness. So a three on the first one. Ooh, and a 12. So that makes it um, 25. <clears throat> okay. The ones that are looking at it, um, in uh, s- like t- uh, twitching a bit, like uncomfortably, um, drop to their knee, like to one knee, um, and kind of like bow their heads uh to the desk. Uh, does not stop the ones that are moving to the door. Do do they notice? They do not. Then I uh curl the fist, and I. Uh, make it move down quickly to the desk, but I don't smash it into the desk. I kick the desk to make the stomping sound. Yeah, I get it. You're, you're napping the punch. Yeah, yeah. Um, Full on trying to puppeteer this guy without him breaking <laughs> apart in my hands. Yep. Um, okay, in that case, uh, I'm going to need... I mean, again, you're very good at this. Uh, let's go sleight of hand. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, 31. Um, so yeah, you, you pull it off masterfully. If anyone was watching this, they'd be all about it. Um, uh, fist comes down, uh, hits, you know, like you, you hit the thing. Um, the ones who are on their knees look up, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's very much the look that you previously saw at the door. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though they're, they're twitching, uh, they all start to converge on the desk. 
so not sorry the the like there are, there were 12 dwarves in this room uh the six that were distracted by by you start to converge on the desk uh the other six continue to converge on the door knock 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 hello yeah, i was I'm hoping someone of... would would talk to me i heard that there might be dwarves around i'm really lonely and i want to make some friends um you see the doorknob turn um and uh swing open uh and you just see six dwarves in kind of rotting um minor gear uh bare their teeth uh and start to surge towards you as we roll fresh initiative and you see inscribed on the wall circling uh the boss's office remember workers work is workers reward hello new ah fuck This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn 1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards, Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain. Nithrian, Garbo Ape. Locke, Sam Schaefer, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. From the team behind the award-winning Best Fiction Horror Podcast, Nightlight. A new audio drama that brings the southern folklore of True Blood and the cosmic horror of Lovecraft Country to your ears. You don't hear that, do you? Afflicted is a tale of hoodoo, a demonic book bound in human flesh, and natural disasters that are anything but natural. Which grave did you get the dirt from? Which grave?
Afflicted, a horror thriller audio drama coming this Halloween thanks to our Indiegogo supporters. Subscribe now to get notified the moment the first episode drops. It's It's the name. name.